0: Good afternoon, good evening, it's been a while. It is I, the Matt Prince, Prince Aloha, Prince Abe, Abe, Abraham, a lot of names I go by, a full court press, and join with me are our co-hosts, including one we haven't seen in a while because he he out here via the whole father. Welcome back, Brooklyn Bari, welcome back, Jabari, welcome back as well, Sean Larry. how are you guys doing today?
1: I'm doing great, it's, it's good to be back. It feels like I've been away for months, even though it's only been like a month and change. But it definitely feels good to be back and, and talking the sport that we love.
2: Yeah, man. Um no, it's good to, it's, it's good to have you back, Jabari. Abe, I don't know you for none of those names you listed. So, uh that's new to me. I just <laughs> <like> you, <there. laughs> so, so, you know, I mean that's fine. Like if, if we just give ourselves nicknames, that's cool. Um, but yeah, man, you know, I'm I'm I, I'm i on a little bit of crunch time, so I'm coming at everybody today. Nobody is safe, and anyone that has an issue with it can gladly hop on as well because I'm coming for smoke today because that's just how I'm feeling. Maybe it's because it's been a while. This is what happens when, when I don't get to talk sports for a little bit. Um, I, I just come for blood, but, uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. All right, well, in that
0: case, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you know Sean Laurie, you know his thoughts about certain player and a certain topic, Uh, so we're just going to start off the episode with that. Recently, I just want to first give out congratulations to LeBron James on becoming the number one scoring leader in NBA history. He recently surpassed that mark, overcoming Kareem uh, with a, I believe, was it a 30-something performance against OKC. Unfortunately, they lost that game, but at the end of the day, he accomplished a record that likely will stand for <laughs> a long time, in my opinion, because that it, it does come down to longevity. And we all know LeBron takes very, very good care of himself, very good care of his body. Uh he's able to do that. So Sean, dive right into it. You said you got smoke. What are, how how did you feel about the accomplishment? What are your thoughts on it?
2: Go go ahead. So first, like you said, congratulations to LeBron. That that is an amazing accomplishment. That is a longevity award for sure. Um so that's something that's something definitely should be celebrated. But my question is, just because I was seeing a lot of this, so I'll ask you guys before I dive into it. Does that now, one, does that now make LeBron like the goat in your eyes? Um, And then, two, does that, you know, because you, you hear those things about him, and, and he says it as well, does that now, in your eyes, is he the best scorer ever?
1: So it was a two-part question you just asked. Yeah. Um, I'm going to answer the, the second part first. He's okay. not the best scorer ever because okay. he has the most points scored. Um. Most consistent scorer or most available scorer, like you said, it's a longevity award. I think it's a few other factors involved in it, but I definitely, as a LeBron fan, I wouldn't say that he's the best scorer Um. the game has seen or that even I've seen. In fact, I'd say that um recently departed from my team Kevin Durant is a better scorer um I have a few names so I don't okay. think that LeBron is the best scorer of all time but as far as this um helping his his resume as far as like being a goat I'm of the opinion that after his last championship he entered that status it's a status that me personally I only have Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in in that conversation and he entered that for me with his last championship. Um that was kinda I'm sorry, not the bubble title. With the the Cleveland twenty sixteen run. The bubble title, you know, just added whatever it added. But with that twenty sixteen run going back home and doing what he did in the fashion that he did it, um, combined with the fact that we already knew that he was gonna break most of these um longevity records, put him in the um go argument for me. Everything after, like I said, uh the bubble ring passing um because he passed Kobe as a Laker, passing the last couple of people, Malone, and then eventually passing Kareem and and becoming the all-time leading scorer. It it makes it a lot easier for me as a LeBron fan to argue his greatness and to to because this this conversation's been going on for a while. So people have been talking about LeBron being a GOAT since he was in Miami and they were just going off of um basically his averages and what they expected him to do in the second half of his career. But but now that we're here, um, it's easy for me to say LeBron is a um GOAT candidate. I don't mind I, I used to not mind when they had him three, like after Magic, after Kareem. Um now I can say the lowest he is is two and to me he's one. But I'm not, you know, I still don't have much to go like, you know, like I know the arguments for Michael Jordan. I think they're still very strong, and I don't disagree with people that have him as their goat, but LeBron's mine.
2: And and I and I respect that. I have no issue at all with anyone that has LeBron as a goat because at the end of the day, it's all opinions. That's how I feel about it. that's what it is what drives me crazy. And I'm not necessarily saying you Jabari, but this is what I just was seeing people saying, "Oh, you know what? He's a past first guy, and, and and you know, and he's got the He's got the all time scoring record. That is a lie that drives me crazy. I will debate anybody and a mama about that. He is not a pass first player, he is a willing passer. Those are two different things. On top of that, the fact that people now will say, okay, yes, see, he's the greatest scorer. See, like, I'm glad that you, that you, Jabari, respect to you for really, like, you said, you a fan, but you, like, no, he's not the greatest scorer. But some people I've heard and seen, say that as well and I'm like what's well, crazy to me we never said that for Kareem nobody ever said Kareem is the greatest scorer Bro, ever. They, they never said Kareem is the greatest anything ever ever <laughs> ever right and so what drives me crazy is the fact that people want to elevate LeBron for the scoring title oh, again this is an amazing uh, amazing thing he accomplished but again for me I look at context the fact that Kareem had this record to me is mind-blowing the fact that he had it because why one he played I, I uh, y'all can correct me if not if, if I'm wrong but I think like his early 40s I think he played till on top of that he played what four years of college so the fact that he got and he played in the air when when it wasn't a, a, a three happy league. so if Kareem played in today's game we know he would have a three point shot <laughs> you know what I mean because that's just what the game has evolved to so the fact that he had this record for so long. And it just now got broken to me. It just speaks to Kareem's greatness, and I just hate the fact that it's going to get lost because the narratives. And again, I'm not blaming LeBron for this. I'm more so blaming his fans. Like his his diehard fans drive me insane. Like LeBron, he is an amazing player. He has done some amazing things. And to me, if you had him as like basically you you should him breaking that record should not have changed how you felt. You either thought he was a GOAT or you thought he wasn't. Like that's that's just how I look at it. I'm and I'm you guys know how I am. I do kind of pay attention to stats, of course, but at the same time, that's not the uh that's not the biggest factor to me. It's about winning. And LeBron has won. Or got his team to uh uh got his team an opportunity to win. I know his record, he has a losing record or whatever. Yes, I understand that. But he's got his team always there to to be right there at the end. So that's just the part that drives me crazy um with it but again it's it's an amazing thing that he accomplished but that that that's why I want to I guess well I guess I should ask y'all that too because I did say you know do y'all view him as because that's the narrative and LeBron says it too which drives me crazy because I feel like LeBron feeds into his fan base because he's not dumb he's on Twitter all the time he knows how hard his fans go for him so he a lot of times will say you know oh not not that bad for a person that you know it's not a score, like bro, that's not true. Wash King, Wash King, that yeah, all that, stuff. <laughs> like, 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 all those things, like, it, it just drives me crazy. But he knows what he's doing, like, he nah, knows none of they... that,
1: none of that bothers me. Um, and I'll tell you why, okay. Wash King, Let's we'll start with the Wash King narrative. Well, Wash King, how, I'm fine how with, I'm how fine, with started it. or whatever, but he's 38, right? He's turning, I think he's turning 39, and I don't know, it's
2: 15, in December next year or the end of this year, yes,
1: yeah. yeah, so, so he's you know, when that came up, I guess he was what, 37? Like, you're not supposed to be able to do the things that that you can do, that you were able to do when you were in your prime, when you're 38, 37 athletically. So, like, you would typically see that hashtag come up after a highlight dunk or or after something, I don't know, a game winner, I don't know, like, something of significance, he'd post a picture and put, like, Wash King in in a hashtag. So, like, it's corny. Like, (laughs) but I... But it doesn't bother me. Um, if I remember
0: uh, correctly, the Washington narrative actually started from a newscaster or a sports analyst. It wasn't really a social media or thing. One like of yeah. them guys. Okay. Yeah, and then um, it became a hashtag, and you know, you know, Brawn.
2: Yeah, but I, I don't have, like. Yeah, I don't the, have what's problems? the
1: other one we were talking about?
2: Was um, I, I said the, when he oh, says so not like, a scorer or whatever? Yeah, or he's yeah like, oh, like you know, not bad that since I'm not a scorer. I'm like, bro, that's not true. Like that drives me crazy. Like you can't say that you're not a scorer when you've always led your team in scoring. That that in what world does that make sense? Like it doesn't Well well the the, <laughs> the 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 comparison comes
1: up. Um I've never seen it be it be said that LeBron's not a scorer in comparison to his pairs. I always see it like he's not a scorer in comparison to the other people in the in the conversation as far as like when you're looking at Kobe, you're looking at Mike, you're looking at KD, um, and then the few the few others after that. And the funny thing is, the the first three names that I mentioned, um, are all people I would easily say are better scorers than LeBron. But for most people, after that, after those three that we mentioned, LeBron can can hold his own with any of them. You know what I mean? So it's 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 it, the not thought, I, thing I, is I a little thought, bit funny because like he's always like you said he's always led his team in scoring but outside of the miami years who else is going to lead them in scoring
2: no 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 but again i don't have a problem with that but my thing is is the fact that because i've i haven't heard that compared to his, his peers now that's new i know i've heard about him you know um quote-unquote, like, not killer instinct, not clutch, right? All those things, like, yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's more so because he would pass up the the shot maybe at the end of the games and stuff like that. But when that. he would
1: make those passes,
2: they're comparing him to, to the other greats that wouldn't make those passes. No, no, tr- true. But that doesn't mean he's not a scorer.
1: Does that, you know no, what I no mean? No, 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 I agree with that. Like, I don't oh, think okay. that that means he's not a scorer. I think that's, I'm just saying, I'm trying to say, like, I think that's in the back of his head. <laughs> Like got you, like, got you. Oh, got you. like, he's thinking about like, oh, yeah, I say I'm not as good as Kobe. I say I'm not as good as Jordan or see, I'm holding my own with them because, you know, since since we've been having these conversations since his Miami days, that's always come back up. Well, he don't got this. He don't got um, this kind of kind of more. It's more of an instinct thing than than actually scoring the ball. Yeah, because yeah. because it was even said to me recently in the group that the main problem's been his his play style as far as like when they need a bucket, as opposed to, does he get buckets? Like
2: They're trying mm-hmm. to say, when he
1: needs a bucket, why isn't he just willing himself to the rim every time instead of making the right pass?
2: But, we but we because We can't say it's
1: not the right pass, but we're trying to say other people would be a little bit more aggressive about getting the ball in the bucket at certain times.
2: But I also think that's because LeBron, as we know, one of the greatest basketball minds ever, right? That's not debatable. So we know, regardless if he wants to admit it or not, um i think he knows in the back of his mind that okay i go to the rim there's a chance i get fouled i'm not the greatest free throw shooter that's one of his faults, right mm-hmm. so w- instead of me doing that why not kick it to the person that's wide open like i don't have an issue with it, right like again right. For, but, for but out-
1: most people think that um, he's just scared of of um i guess either the free throw or of being the person that missed the
2: game-winning shot. Yeah, I I think, I personally, I I think so too. But that's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you feel like at the end of the day, if you're being real with yourself, now again, LeBron's not going to admit this. He shouldn't. He's he's one of the greatest. But if you feel more confident that, I don't know, I can't think right now, J.R. Smith, right, has a better chance hitting that wide-open jumper than you do at the free-throw line because you just know at times, hey, you can start thinking too much. Why not? Like I don't have a problem with it because at the end of the day, it's still one game, right? They still won games because of it. It's not like they've lost. And, and, the,
1: and the thing is, like people can't make it seem like it's a Ben Simmons situation either because like, no, he's, no, no. no. he's not afraid of the. He's not afraid of the. If you're a free bucket, at all. <laughs> he, he, that's what I'm saying. If you're giving LeBron a free bucket, he's gonna take it.
2: Oh but, yeah, yeah, like, of course, of course. We're, if we're it's talking wild, about
1: like the the smartest of defenses. It kind of makes them crack a little bit. Like we're talking about game plans like from San Antonio when yeah, they yeah, were good. Or, you know, you got a Kawhi that's going to be on you in the last position. Like, usually it's just not easy for him to do what he's trying to do. It's just not going to be a gimme like Ben Simmons,
2: (laughs) you know? And and, and by the way, LeBron's not the only one that has missed, you know what I mean, big free throws. Like, there's been, you know, I think LeBron's, what, 70 I have to look at his average, 70%. Like, he's not the greatest free throw, something like that, right? But there's been people that's been... 87 percent 90 percent you know and they missed free throws so Mm -hmm. again like at the end of the day I don't I don't knock him for that you know what I mean but I just hate the fact that they say like he's not a scorer and he averages what let me look it up right now he averages almost 20 shots per game in his NBA career so there's no way you could say like it's not a Chris Paul who I think last time I checked he averages like 13 shots a game like his whole career like that Mm -hmm. to me is a pass first Ben Simmons who we know is allergic to even look at the rim, right? Like, he's a pass first, but he's literally a pass first because he looks like he's scared. So that's to me, like Magic Johnson, too. I would have to look at Magic Johnson. I don't know what his, but I'm pretty sure it's not 20. Like, he was a pass first to me, too. You know what I mean? So that's just the part that that drives me crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 13.2. That's crazy. Okay. So Magic averaged 13.2 shots a game, right? So it just drives me crazy when when – we use that narrative and he uses it too. Like I said, I know he likes like, I to... think
1: he, I think he genuinely wanted to be like some of the guys you mentioned, but he can't like, he has to do more. His teams need him to do more. His coaches need him to do more. But I but honestly just...
3: think at uh-huh, certain
1: that's... times, like he wanted to, to be like a Chris Paul. I ain't going to say like, be like Ben Simmons, but he wanted to be like a Chris Paul or a magic. Johnson. magic. Yeah, yeah. Um, like and and LeBron said himself, like he's also idolized Jordan. Like he really yeah. is, like a player that, um, I can't really say I've seen before because at different parts of his career, like I've seen LeBron just he just want to be the point guard, and I'm in my head I'm like, what assist record is he going for? Like what is he trying to do? Like and then all of a sudden he's shooting like five and six threes, and it's like he wasn't shooting this much threes two seasons ago. So like his yeah. games just changed a lot to me and. And I just don't know, like now I'm seeing a lot of the, the changing of his game was to preserve himself, um, to be able to, to pass these records and still be playing and stuff like that. But I just like, I think if he was a little bit like, if he didn't have the, the body type and, and all the, the physicals to go with it, he would have tried to be a little bit more passive than he actually is. So. I really genuinely think he sees himself um, in the light of those guys that we mentioned, just not, you know, Ben Simmons, because he's, he's taking pass first to an extreme um, that no one, pretty, not even Magic, like, Magic at least looked for something. Like, he looked, yeah. if I got to do it, I'm going to do it. But, like, Ben Simmons is not giving us that right now. But I think, and I'm not trying to say LeBron is pass first. I'm just trying to say, like, I think he really views himself as a as a guy that looked for the pass first.
2: But that's, but that's why I say he's more and 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 you too, a you could weigh in as well but to me I say he's a willing passer and not a yeah, pass first. yeah when That's you what said drives that crazy you you, you know said there's
1: like, a difference between a willing passer and pass first and I don't yeah. I don't typically hear people um say that too often and it's, yeah it's common sense but um a lot of people don't know what pass first means because they genuinely yeah. do think that LeBron is a pass first guy and if you're just going off of the words he's not you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but if you look at the attempts, like 19, 20 a game, um, there's a point in time where you look at those and you're like, all right, that's a selfish player. And I wouldn't say LeBron's selfish. No, I don't think he's
3: selfish. Hell yeah.
0: I was going to say, I mean, if you just watch a LeBron game throughout, you know, his career in spots even, you can tell that he he's not a pass first type of player. I mean, this this man was trying to get his own buckets. And part of me thinks that people are over hyping the uh, the Dallas Mavs finals in regards to their criticism because it. it I generally do believe a lot of that criticism generally came from that series, uh, which is just growing pains, honestly. And people just continue to hold on to it and use it as an excuse. And it's like, look, we're we're in twenty twenty three at this point. <laughs> it's the, it's been long. It's been long past. I I don't think twenty eleven. That, that any, I think he was win. just in his
2: head. To be honest, that was just yeah. one of those moments, and it was a learning moment. He was young, remember, yeah. Remember at the time too, right? Everybody, everybody was on you know the heat. Everybody hated mm-hmm. him, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to win, right? So I just look at it like that, like you know, and and people gonna knock him for it because obviously at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um. Sorry, Jabari sent me something that's funny. But um at the end of the day, man, like I just look at it like that was something he had to learn from. That's why he had Wade there. Remember, Wade and him was literally doing interviews together. You know what I mean? Because it was mm-hmm. tough for it was tough for him. But Wade had to like, which took a lot of self awareness from him, like, hey, you know what? For us, I still believe they could have won even Wade playing the way that he was playing. But he was like, hey, for I, I feel like Wade said what he said to Bron: hey i'll take a step back you need to play your game because mm-hmm. i i feel like it was a confident confidence boost for him you know what i mean like and hey they, they
0: win two in the next three years
2: yeah, yeah right so it was obviously the right decision but like wait because that took right like wait could have been like man no I, I can eat out here too because this yeah. was still before he started really getting banged up and slowed down yeah. you know what mm-hmm. i mean so but mm-hmm. like, he was willing like no i'm gonna take less shots you know what i mean I'm, a, I'm a, At times, I'm gonna just be the one trying to focus on defense. I'm gonna make sure I just love you, the rock. You know, so um, again, Bron is, is amazing. You know, I, I'm not trying to, to knock his greatness. Um He's one of the greats for sure. No matter where you put him at, easily just, one of the greats. Easily. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's just one of those things. Those are the narratives that drives me crazy that I want to, you know, just kind of dive into. Um I was hoping Jabari because, man, woo! I was ready to. Die. <laughs> ready to 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 smoke some Brooklyn right now but <laughs> but um but nah but you know that that's one of the things um that just been driving me crazy and again a lot of it it's not even him it's more his fan base now he mm-hmm. plays into it <laughs> I know that but um it's his fan base I think that a lot of times create these different narratives And 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 again people that hate LeBron too to be fair people that hate LeBron also create narratives too
1: yeah, even as you said, like his fan base in my head, I'm like, his fan base is haters, they're all just extreme. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, God. Emphasis on the extreme. Um, so that being said, look, y'all, again, congratulations to LeBron James, right? Look, by the time you're hearing this, the trade deadline, well, by the time we're recording, the trade deadline is over, and the trade deadline has seen some crazy things. Um, honestly, first, I want to uh start off with. Gentlemen, just your overall thoughts on the trade deadline. How did you feel? Uh, we'll go into details afterwards. Started with the Clippers, just because of the sake of time, Sean. And then we'll dive into, of course,
1: Brooklyn, Phoenix. Let's let, let's let Sean go into the Clippers first so I can gather my thoughts and emotions about Brooklyn. All
2: right. <laughs> I I hate Phoenix. But I want to just throw that out there before I talk about my Clippers. But, um, no, nah, um. Honestly, I I liked what the Clippers did. They finally addressed because I've been I've been yelling this on top of my lungs forever. We need a backup big. We got that finally with uh, was it Mason Plumley? Uh, mm-hmm. Um, finally got got a backup big. Eric Gordon, eh? Like it's it's cool. He didn't move. much. Bones. Bones is the one. Woo. We we out here robbing again. Bones. I got
1: I got some um comments on that when
2: when you're done. Yeah yeah. Lawrence Frank is. is He stayed robbing people. I don't know what he, I don't know if he got some, some naked photos. I don't know what it is, but, but this man be, be robbing folks. And I appreciate that. Like that, that makes me really, you know what I mean? It makes me super excited because the fact is, for me, what, what I got from what the Clippers made, honestly, is they created, they created for themselves cap space, right? For, so they can be a real player for this offseason. And they got younger. So that's why I really love this. And they got rid of Reggie, who, again, we appreciate you, Reggie, for all, all you did for us. But it was almost like the Lou Will thing. Like, it was just that time. It was time for you to go. John Wall, I was never really bought in compared to everyone else anyways. You can ask anyone. I just, I didn't even say, everyone was saying he should start. I'm like, nah, that man probably not going to start over Reggie. Reggie. Um, so we, which is, that actually is messed up, but funny at the same time, we sent him back to the Rockets after he was talking all that mess um about the organization then he got gets then he got sent right back to them he literally just
1: recorded a whole podcast talking about like how them guys don't play right and (laughs) and they don't do anything like he he, he was saying he was friends with some of them still but he was basically saying like the organization wasn't doing things right the young (laughs) players didn't have any guidance the coach wasn't that good and he's like right back in that situation to be fair he did get waived though i think so yeah
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, they bought him out or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I for me, you know, I I I love that fact. Now the point guard situation, everybody keeps talking about that. I know the Westbrook thing. I'm not really in love with Westbrook maybe coming. Um, I know that's a possibility. Unless the only thing I can think of is they're hoping that Westbrook can be that play that same role that they wanted John Wall to do, but John Wall just couldn't do it um I guess I'll be okay with that but overall honestly I feel like personally like it's not a ball handling thing in my opinion because that's again that's what I feel like is the easy thing to say I all may y'all you know they need a point guard that's what they're missing but for me I look at like it's the offensive system like that if if you have the correct offensive system it won't require for you to have a, a certain ball handler right so For example, if they were in the triangle more, you don't need a traditional point guard. So if Tyloo would just adjust and, yeah, just adjust to to, basically it's just like anything. Like me as a coach now, you know, as me coaching, if I know my main people are wings, I'll probably look into doing the triangle. Like that's just what it is, right? There's no reason for me to change that. Just like if you have a dominant big, you're going to feed your big. You're going to feature them. So, um. So yeah, that's that's my overall overall. Like I said, it I, the highlight was I honestly the backup big, uh, with with uh, Pumley Bones, and then like I said, the the fact that we got cap space because now that tells me, okay, they're in play for a third star, right? So if I'm not even talking about Kyrie, I'm just saying in general, we know it's always changing, right? Someone has an early exit or something, and the star becomes available, right? So. That just opens the door. That's why I was glad that they didn't get rid of Terrence Man. And I and I like Terrence Man. But if you're gonna get rid of him, get rid of him for someone that, that really can be that number three guy. Right? Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that they did that. So yeah, that that was my uh that was my thoughts on it. What what did y'all think of, of my Clippers robbing uh Denver? You got
1: Bones Highland for two second round picks. I believe it was twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five. I thought I don't. I'm not. We're not fully sure why Denver had him up for sale. There's speculations that they didn't want to um extend him or 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 pay him, and on Bones' side, he wanted more playing time. So they worked with him to to find a suitor. But I'm just surprised that I'm surprised that he was able to acquire a talent of Bones' stature for only two second round picks. Like I would think that i would think that you know he'd go for like a a late first or maybe three seconds um but to get to get a guy that of his age that you know brings a lot of energy and hasn't been in the league that long for for two seconds was amazing to me um and it definitely stood out i felt like i do like denver and what they're doing this year but i do feel like they got fleeced on that department but you know they they're not missing much because they obviously they weren't given giving him the playing team playing time, I'm sorry, that he wanted. So that that just stands out to me for, for the Clippers as far as their acquisitions. Hey, but.
2: Real quick real quick, real quick, I just saw right now from Sam who is this guy? Sammy Has. well see, I don't know if he's legit now because everybody everyone has a dang uh everyone has a check mark. A but check he's mark, saying yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. He's saying let me see. He just said Westbrook is expected to make, Oh, Oh, he's saying it's from, uh, Chris, Chris, was Chris Heinz? Um, mm-hmm. Haynes. Um, so I guess he reported, uh, Westbrook is expected to make his final decision this week between Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls. So, so the, the two finalists,
1: that. according to that report are, the yeah, D-ing he's saying Bulls. Chris
2: reported too, but he's saying Chris. So he tagged him saying he reported now again. That's oh, God, two very different no, that, situations. <laughs> what?
1: It's, it's interesting. It's interesting because the teams that were being reported before um, were the Miami Heat and the Clippers. Th- those are the two teams that I was seeing. Um, he had interested. In, he had interest in playing with Jimmy and um. Depending on how their point guard situation went, and then the Clippers, I just assumed was the the I still want to be in LA thing, or you know, like I still want to go at my my former team thing. But yeah. and just as recent as last night, I saw they said Paul George would be trying to recruit his former teammate if he if he's bought out from his situation. But, I did
0: see tweets about Chicago only because of the Lonzo um,
1: I was just about to say, like oh, I didn't see okay. yeah. I didn't see anything about Chicago, but it sort of makes sense because they're missing Lonzo.
3: Mm-hmm. But
1: why it doesn't make sense to me is because of Demar and Zach's playstyles.
2: Oh yeah, real um, quick, yeah, 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 it's legit. I see. Uh, y- y'all know I'm terrible with names. What's his name? Uh, Sam Amico. Sam. No, no. Amico? Oh wait, no. Jeffter. No, no. He's another. No, dude. Oh, 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 Am- no, oh If oh. you see his name, A M I C O. Oh, yeah, Sam yeah, Amico,
1: Amico, whatever. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, like- yeah.
2: He he reported too. Like thirty six. He said expected decision between Bulls and Heat. So yeah, yeah. So it's legit.
1: Okay, so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, The Clippers thing, I don't see the fit, and to, I I I think it would just be like a revenge thing. The Bulls, they do need a, a point guard. I think they're running AO out there, and they give Caruso backup minutes, but they don't have a true point guard, so they need a point guard. Um, Just due to how Donovan runs the offense, I just don't know how it's going to work because of, like I said, Zach and DeMar and just the kind of two and threes they are but you know i guess i guess it does make sense in theory with miami i think that would be the best situation for brody just because yeah. he's going he would be going into an eric sposter situation a pat Rowley situation yeah. um and westbrook's never had a problem with showing up for work and 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 showing up for practices and all that other shit that you've never heard any their issues
2: culture like. i feel like fits westbrook you know yeah i, mean, like, I think it
1: fits that's... it fits his intensity yeah. And it may also be able to calm him down, um yeah, and Miami's like Miami's chill, like it's a good place to have your family, but yeah, at the same yeah. time, you're not gonna be like you're not gonna have Miami heat fans like screaming at you in the streets like like you may have with um with laker fans and
2: stuff like that, so yeah, well, I just wanna say that's amazing because that means he's not gonna be a clipper that's that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's' great man <laughs> again like i I you know again, Westbrook got a raw deal to me in my opinion, like. They made an escape scapegoat because he he was solid. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying for what we're doing over here <laughs> with my Clippers, I don't. He just doesn't fit. Doesn't doesn't fit. No, so I'll fill them. You know. So then, all right. So
0: while we still have you, let's right, look. The big the big trades of the of the weekend of the week happened centered around the Brooklyn Nets. First, a few days before the actual trade deadline. We did get Kyrie shipped off to Dallas, to the Dallas Mavericks. And then, on the trade deadline, the the day of, we got Kevin Durant to Phoenix. Bari, let's talk about it. Brooklyn, (laughs) (laughs) let's, let's dive into what has gone away and what has come back, as well as.
2: So look, definitely... what's going on in Brooklyn in general? When Jabari was here, he the, the team was on a winning record. Right
0: they they was hot. They was the, the the second best team in the league. They was on. They was undefeated. They was doing all types of shit. And and it was literally within two months. It just maybe Jabari shouldn't have left. Like... Oh, sir, sir, Lord have mercy, it's Jabari,
1: let wow. Listen. It... You know, started with the Kyrie situation. And I like to say, because a lot of people don't, you know, follow the Nets like on a news-by-news basis, but mm-hmm. maybe like a week before he requested a trade, he um was saying that he's locked in and he's looking for his extension and the group of guys that we have, like it almost seemed like he was taking jabs at Harden because he was like the group of guys that we have, we're all locked in, we're all ready to go. We have a goal in mind, this and that. And then his shortly after his camp started looking for an extension. Um they didn't discuss an extension earlier in the season because he had no leverage. And we know like early in the season was the the whole fiasco that we discussed with the um the Jewish community. And then obviously he's coming off of the the whole mandate situation where for a long time he wasn't able to play and then when he was able to play it was only it was only certain games for a while so his tenure his tenure in Brooklyn hasn't been perfect to say the least but even before that just just to get into that you got to remember he 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 skipped the bubble he didn't want to participate and um and go into the bubble with with the rest of his teammates and the only other person that didn't go was KD um on our team at least because KD was actually injured. So. Kyrie just, you know, he didn't, it didn't resonate with him to, to do that whole bubble thing. And, um, that was also another run that he missed. And before that, uh, he was recovering from an injury. So his broken tenure, like I said, it hasn't, it hasn't been the greatest. I think him and Katie only played 70 something games together in three, four years. And he hasn't been able to. Build enough up to to have a, to have enough traction to negotiate extension. So as we all know, he's been having a pretty good year. After that whole fiasco earlier in the year, he's been having a good year. I don't have the averages next to me, but the average is something like twenty eight or twenty seven or something like that. And he's been putting the bone in in the hoop. Like we can't deny that. They went into discussions. Day is in Kyrie's camp, and he's represented by. A lady named Sheila Irving, I believe, who is his his um his stepmother. They went into negotiations with um Sean Marks, Joe whoever they were talking to, and it became apparent that these guys, Brooklyn, didn't want to give Kyrie a straight up contract as far as what he wanted. Now we don't have the numbers; we only have reports. There was reports that he wanted a a two hundred million four year extension, which would be like fifty a year. There are supports that it's a little bit under that, but he definitely wanted a a regular extension and to be paid. He wanted to be cashed out without any stipulations. And on Brooklyn's side of things, it seems like Joe Tsai, our owner, had us and had Sean Marks, our GM, negotiate with Kyrie in a sense of, yeah, we want you back, but we're not trying to we, – we want to be protected also. The, the first tenure with us hasn't – didn't go down well. There was problems here, problems there. And we'd like to have you back, but just not straight up as far as like, we're going to pay you for you to play. And if you don't play, we're still paying. you. I definitely think they try to add some protection for themselves in the contract. And there's also rumors that the stipulations may have been um related to winning, which some people look at like, eh, and then other people look at like, I mean, aren't you trying to win? So, you know, it's, it's definitely a conversation to be had when more details come out. But that started the domino effect. Um, once Kyrie felt disrespected, he requested out and it was being said by his camp that their negotiations were done. Like he didn't want to be a Brooklyn net anymore. He wanted to be traded before or by the deadline. And if he wasn't, he was there there is reports that say that he was considering sitting out for the rest of the season until the summer. And basically trying free agency in the summer and seeing what happens. So
2: Now, real, real quick, Jabari, real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm, about, I'm about to uh, let y'all have at it, but I just wanted to say, too, real quick, just for you as, as a fan and, you know, the organization, because, again, everyone's going to point to what maybe Brooklyn did wrong and things like that. And so I just want to make, obviously, people have already been making Kyrie accountable, but I also want to make KD accountable, right, because this is what he wants right and i feel personally um the nets have did everything that they tried they tried their best to to make everyone happy right so hey kd okay we'll get you harden okay yeah um you know Hold whatever on, pause they right want.
1: there pause right there cuz oh, i oh, just oh, read oh. i just read a a report that um for the harden situation like i actually read this while we were recording for the harden situation um joe sai sorry kd FaceTime our owner joe sai and and requested it himself and then got Harden on FaceTime and KD and Harden were on FaceTime with Joe Psy before Joe Psy was um willing to do that trade. And wow. if you remember we gave up most of what we had for James Harden. Like most yeah. of our assets, most of yeah. our young players all yeah, oh, the left. rock
2: is like next five years.
1: Y'all pick they they left in that trade. Um we signed Kyrie for free as a free agent and mm-hmm. we signed KD in a sign and trade with D'Angelo Russell. So yeah. we pretty much didn't give up anything for those two, but Harden, that's what we gave it the most for. And that was initiated by KD.
2: Yeah. So, so that, well, that even right buffers what I said even more. So I just wanted to kind of shine a line on that. Cause again, the, the Nets is going to kind of get, you know, uh, uh criticized and, and the only thing I criticize is just more so I wish they waited to trade KD like to the summer, but earning that, like i honestly feel bad because and, and
1: that they hired steve nash Go ahead. and they hired
2: steve nash as well but again i still put down katie and Kyrie because i know Kyrie more so katie didn't necessarily disagree but Kyrie more so hey we don't necessarily need a coach right and katie kind of i won't, won't say back him but he didn't disagree with it except hey no let's get like we're trying to win let's get an established coach so again i put that i put there's blame all around, but I want to make sure I put that on KD and Kyrie as well. And so that's the thing that's been kind of, I feel like, you know, forgotten about in in a sense where it's like, oh, man, the Nets is, you know, like basically like it's all the Nets fault. And if I remember correctly, the report was KD wanted to go to the Knicks, but the Knicks didn't want Kyrie because they didn't want to deal with everything that came with it. And the Nets were like, hey, no. We don't mind. We're we're cool with it. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, which is understandable, right? You get KD, a generational talent. So you know they paired them, knowing the situation. Because remember, the Nets were actually yeah they 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 were they y'all made the playoffs before Kyrie, and then Kyrie came. If I remember correctly, he got hurt, and then he kind of shut it down because he was he actually KD, and then y'all went on a winning streak and made the playoffs without Kyrie. Again. I was just about to say that. It's a good thing I didn't cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys were, you guys was building a real culture, in my opinion, right? And so that's why I say it's unfair, because people are not going to talk about that. But the Nets really built a real culture, and they pretty much got rid of it all to please Katie and Kyrie. We got so rid of that's... it
1: to please them two motherfuckers. That, what Sean is saying is correct. Um, and it's good to hear that outside of Nets Nation and facebook pages that are related to do with the nets um we compromised a culture that we built we gave up the coach that helped build that culture anything that these guys wanted we did we weren't a perfect organization we don't have a perfect owner i'm not alleging any of that but they claimed that they were interested in what we were doing in brooklyn and what we you know what we had going on and the fact that we were able to be competitive in games without having a a legitimate star Back in the days where it was just D'Lo, Caris LeVert, Jared Allen, um, Damari Carroll, like like back in them days, we had no Joe Harris when he was still scoring. We, we didn't have any real threats, and we were still playing as a cohesive unit and winning games, and that's what intrigued them to join us, especially to join us over the Knicks. Um, and it seemed like once they did, they didn't really want to take accountability for for their shortcomings or their failures or their unavailability on the court. Yeah. Um. For me,
3: I'm just damn. You know, it it it's funny because
0: as a Celtics fan, we had Kyrie and we had somewhat of a similar situation. Although I've already expressed my beliefs that that failure in the relationship was a two way deal. It's not just. It wasn't just uh Kyrie's fault. I believe there was definitely immaturity on the uh, events of the young guys, especially given what they had accomplished when he was out going seven games with LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, But, again, we remember Kyrie was there. He said that if Boston will have me, I would love to stay. Everybody was bought in, and then he's out of there, toxic environment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, regardless of what people may feel about uh boston and boston's culture right so to see a similar situation happen in brooklyn and again i i also see the brooklyn situation as there's fault on both sides too you know the the way everything has been handled i can't say it's just purely Kyrie. he he definitely takes he definitely deserves some blame and he will he will take some but the front office of Brooklyn, how they handled certain things too, was just not, uh, not feasible for a, co- a working relationship. But again, we've seen this cycle before. So now he's off to Dallas. What that means for the Mavs, we'll see. Well, uh,
1: so before we even um go over to the next topic, um, I, I was reading a Mark Cuban quote from I think let's see, two days ago, on wfaa which i believe is the radio station over there um in reference to trading for Kyrie, he said it would give us the best backcourt in the nba we have probably the best ball handler in luka they don't and now we feel like we have the second best as well the first best because Kyrie is the best Uh ball handler in the league we think it's going to be really good for us so that, that was cuban's comment and basically he thinks that the Kyrie-Luca backcourt is one of the best backcourts or the best backcourt in the league. And I agree. Um, mm-hmm. At their at their full potential, I think they are one of the better backcourts in the league. Unfortunately, but, um, we
3: still
0: have yet to I see think them he together.
1: Has, I think he has... Yeah, we well, they're supposed to be playing together today as we record yeah. he, for the first time. Hold on. in yeah, his Luka- debut,
0: he did pop off. Kyrie did play very well in day one. Um, with Luka out. So, yeah, this game tonight will definitely be most watched to see how those two coexist.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, I was saying, I think he has the order mixed up. I think Kyrie's the best ball handler in the league. Um, mm-hmm. I think most of the league uses ball handler wrong Um, because if you're trying to say the best player with the ball in the league, it would be probably Luka. But as far as ball handler and actual handles, like, mm-hmm. it's Kyrie. But like you said, Abram, um, he had a good first game, um, an impressive first game with with Dallas because Luka was obviously out, and in his first game he was in LA against the Clippers, against I believe a full strength Clippers with Kawhi, Paul George, and all of them, and led the the Mavericks to a win. Kyrie had twenty four points, four rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block, five turnovers, um, two for two from the line, and Nine for 17 from the field with four threes. So he definitely had a, a good first game. And you know, we're trying to see how does he mesh with Luca? How does um Coach Kidd spur the minutes? How how often do they play together? How often do they um does Kyrie play with another unit? Or vice versa. Um Jason Kidd even went out of his way to 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 make it be known that this ain't no KD BS back and forth. This is Lucas team. It was a Lucas team, and it's going to remain Lucas team. And he said Kyrie seems coachable, and he's excited for the opportunity. But one last thing I'll say on the Kyrie situation: um, it definitely hurt losing both Kyrie and KD. Mm-hmm. Kyrie is a hometown kid. Um, he's not from Brooklyn, but the Nets used to play in Jersey, yeah. and he's from Jersey. So he the, he definitely grew up a Nets fan. Um, he has pictures of himself as a kid with Nets gear. So it, you know, Nets fans were of the idea that when we got Kyrie Irving, this would probably probably be his last stop. Um, and even when Boston fans were telling us, oh, he's going to do the same shit he did to us, whatever, whatever, we didn't believe that because he was coming to his the team that he rooted for when he was a kid. But things didn't work out, and. Like like Abe said, it wasn't just Kyrie's fault. Um, some of it had to do with just our management. Um, how Josiah has relations with his players, as far as like how he, you know, he just doesn't rub everyone the wrong way. Um, the right way, sorry. So while it definitely hurts as a Nets fan to lose Kyrie, and then you know that leading to losing KD also, um. After the shock wore off and, you know, we're done being depressed about not having star power, we have to come to the realization that we didn't accomplish anything in this time. It was great seeing all time talents play for our organization, but they they fell short time and time again. And before they came, we were just a team that balled without much expectation and won games. And I'm looking forward to possibly getting back to doing that. We just had our first game without Kyrie and KD last night. And we're talking about a, a game where some of the people we traded for didn't even pass their physicals to play in. We played a full team of sorry, a full strength Bulls team that had uh Levine, Levine, everyone but Lonzo was playing, and we managed to beat them. I'm led by Spencer Dinwiddie, our our young guy Cam Thomas, and and um Dorian Finney Smith also made his debut for us. So I'm just I just want to see people that want to be Brooklyn Nets, that wanna play for our organization and play hard night in and night out. And we still got Ben Simmons. And though my patience is waning with him, I want to see if he can improve under the circumstances where he's not being looked at by his superstar teammates like KD and and Kyrie and such. Um it's definitely a less pressure situation. And I'm interested in seeing what what happens as far as the team's direction. Um, the hole that we got back for Kyrie, before I leave this topic, I don't have an issue with getting back Spencer Dinwiddie. We wanted another ball handler in exchange for giving up Kyrie. And then getting Dorian Finney-Smith, that was um, pretty much the best defender in, that played for Dallas. Mm-hmm. That Those two guys and and whatever picks we got, I like the package, but the package that we took for Kyrie was I'm pretty sure we thought we were trying to get KD to stay still because we took the best win now package to to aid what we already had, but there were some better packages on the table if we knew we were going into a rebuild that we left on the table because we were still trying to get KD and still try to get more picks to acquire talent to play with KD. Because so, I'm
0: seeing reports that apparently uh, the Nets had tried to,
1: they were make trying for
0: Pasco Siakam, to they were trying to stay and whatnot, and it's like oh,
1: okay. and they couldn't they couldn't get Siakam from Toronto. Toronto pretty much changed their minds on if they're gonna give him up or not because I think he's going into a contract year too, but mm-hmm. they they current Toronto were sellers for a while with um with trent and fred van Fleet and siakam and og being all rumored and none of those guys ended up being moved and instead oh, they, no. they ended up signing um jacob Polo from from san antonio so it seems like toronto's making an attempt to compete to contend um at least make a little push into the playoffs or something rather than do a soft reset so we weren't able to acquire talent to Keep KD and it's reported that when we weren't able to do that, KD's agent or whatever just told, all right, trade me to Phoenix. And we just we began that process right away. And we'll just let that lead us into the KD situation. So losing Kyrie hurt. Losing KD hurt a little bit more. Um of anyone that's come to Brooklyn, he's done the most. He he's been the most available. Um he tried as far as playing defense like playing different positions um it just he was our leader he's not a leader but he was our leader and losing Katie hurt like it still hurts like it's still it's still something that isn't fully accepted but we got to move on you know these traits happen every year some team is going to get fucked some organization some fan base is going to left it's going to be left out um as far as going forward into competing and stuff like that and it just so happened that our time ran out like this this KD Kyrie experiment ran out they didn't see much you know in our future and I can't blame them we were trending downwards i mean we were having a better year than last year people were being more available but we were trending downward and i can't blame KD He had an unpredictable. I mean, I I can put some blame on him. He's a grown man. He came here. But he also had an unpredictable teammate in Kyrie. Kyrie left him. Kyrie even had a a statement last year. Like, I ain't gonna up and leave number seven. And then, you know, he left him. Um and like you said, we we need more details to see exactly on Kyrie's departure, but KD felt like he had to go too. Um so just looking into the KD trade, um, I'm gonna pull it up right now. But I love that package. Like the package that we got back for KD is a package that I think um probably couldn't have been top by many teams because the the trade market's been messed up ever since the Rudy Gobert trade. Everyone's been trying to get back um everyone's been trying to get back, you know, better value than what they got for Gobert. And it's just been hard because of how much first round picks were involved in that trade so looking hence why we saw a plethora
0: over 50 plus uh second round draft picks moved around which is
1: crazy yeah second round draft picks have a new life they have new value (laughs) and you know it seems like all gms across the league just met up and and decided that that's a thing now so it turned out to be in total a four-team
0: deal um, a four-team deal yep between the Suns, the Nets, the Bucks, and the Pacers. And the Pacers, uh, yep. So the Suns receive Kevin Durant and TJ Warren from the Nets, obviously. The Nets receive Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson from the Suns, as well as Juan Pablo Vallette. A 2023 first round pick from Phoenix. 2025 first round pick from Phoenix. 2027 first round pick from Phoenix. 2028 first round pick, Phoenix, first round pick swap from Phoenix, a 2028 second round pick from Milwaukee, 2029 first round pick from Phoenix and a 2029 second round pick from Milwaukee. Milwaukee then received James, uh, Jay Crowder. Pacers received George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Nuara, three first round, three future second round picks from Milwaukee and then cast considerations from Brooklyn. So, uh, as now that we broke it down, Bari, dive into the your favorite parts of that package and what it means setting up for your future as um as a Brooklyn well not your future but the future of the Brooklyn Nets.
1: So my favorite part of that package, like I was saying, was definitely what we received from um, from Phoenix because, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, we were kind of crippled by the James Harden trade as far as picks. Mm-hmm. And to get back four first-round picks, um, in a time where we don't expect Phoenix to be too good, is is definitely crucial. And then to get those seconds second-round picks from Milwaukee helps also gives us, um, we got picks to work with as far as drafting in the future, or if we decide that we want to attach picks to a contract to get rid of a contract, like if we decide we want to get rid of Ben Simmons' contract in the summer or Joe Harris. If that's something they want to do, we have flexibility to do so. So I definitely like our hall. Um, and Mikhail Bridges, I believe, is one of the better defenders in the league right now. Um, our newly acquired Spencer Dinwiddie said he can't wait to to play with him and for him to be defending the the other team's best player. And he's also one of the, if not the most available player in the league. I don't think he's missed a game since he's been drafted Um, all those years ago he's on the streak right now. So I just like the idea of getting Mikhail back in those picks. And Cam Johnson is a, um, he was a highly touted pick. I mean, if you traded Cam Johnson straight up, you are supposed to get back, you know, decent value. Um, He's definitely a, a, a kid that we're looking forward to seeing what he, what he has in store for us. Um, That paired with um, the Kyrie Hallback, which was Dinwiddie and DFS. And, um, the, the young kids we already had on the roster like cameron thomas um our backup center cam thomas who's been eating lately three straight 40 plus games let's he, talk about it he simmered down a little last night in the bulls game but three straight 40 point games um and, and i knew like if you could anybody you can ask anybody that i talked to especially when we were drafting him i've always known that he's had that ability in him he has a crazy shot selection um he has a great ability to get to the free throw line he started his streak out with a 44 point game in a in a win against washington um he shot four for five from the line eight eight for nine from the line sorry four for five from three 16 for 23 so he was efficient in that game for 44 points five assists five rebounds Then he followed that up against the Clippers, almost beating the Clippers, a full strength Clippers with Kawhi, Paul George, and all them guys, 47 points. And I'm watching this game. You got Kawhi switching on him. You got Paul George switching on him. They were switching. So it wasn't one person on him, but they all pretty much were good defenders. And against that Clippers squad, dropped 47 points, four rebounds, three assists, 7-11 from three, 10 10 from 11 from the line on 15 from 29 shooting. like. If you don't know by now, Cam Thomas' idol is Kobe Bryant. Um, He shoots at will. His shot selection at times seems crazy, but when they're going in, it looks beautiful. And to follow that Clippers game up, he, we played Phoenix, where we lost to them by four points. But he'll drop 40 again, 43 points, five assists. Sorry, five rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. On 11 from 23 shooting, 18 from 20 from the line. Last night, we beat the Bulls. Um, that kind of snapped Ken Thomas' 40-point scoring streak. But in a game where he struggled shooting, one for six from three, and three from 16 from the from field goal, this man still had 20 points. He still had 13 free throw attempts and 13 makes. So, like, even in struggle games, he can give us something. Like, and I'm just, I'm eager to see his development. I'm eager to see him grow. Um for him to get minutes because I think we have something there in Camp Thomas where we may not have to look for that position going forward if we if we invest enough into him and into his development. So I, that's definitely been um one of the more positive things going on in Brooklyn. While the Stars have been leaving, we're quickly going back into uh, uh, a culture where we have young players that want to play, that are fighting for their spot, that have more energy, that are running up and down the court. Um, and we have a low-key, we have a very good defensive squad now also. um,
3: mm-hmm. We
1: haven't mentioned Ben Simmons much. Last game, we played against Chicago. He came off the bench. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie started. Him and Cam Thomas started in the backcourt. And I believe we started Royce and Dorian Finney-Smith together. Claxton was out, so we st- our backup center started. Ben Simmons came in off the bench. Less pressure than the 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 Kyrie KD situation, and in twenty minutes he shot four for seven, eight points, eight rebounds, four assists. You know he, I mean that's if you look at his recent lines, it's one of his better ones. So, um, I'm just we we just, Brooklyn right now at this point is just a wait and see thing. It's hard to tell you where we're gonna be. Um. Again, we have no stars anymore. Our coach is a first-time head coach. Um, He's definitely been an interim before and an assistant for a decade in this league, but he's also learning on the job, learning as he goes. So folks are going to have to be a little patient with us, and whatever expectations you had of Brooklyn going into the season or even a few weeks ago, they're going to have to change because our reality isn't what it was. And it seems like that's something we're just going to have to accept, you know,
0: Totally understood by that. So, um, as we continue around the league, the next Wait, big before, move...
1: Before we, we leave Brooklyn, I know people want a reaction. Like, they probably want more emotion out of me. Look, Kyrie and KD leaving has almost, like, almost depressed me as a basketball fan. But, like, life goes on. Like, we just got to take it. Like, you feel me? Life goes on. So, uh, as we move around the league... Another notable trade of the night,
0: uh well, notable one of the other notable trades was Westbrook finally got moved. The Lakers, who earlier um, this year, too, also made a trade to acquire Rui Hachimura from um, the Wizards. They finally moved Russell Westbrook in a three-team deal with the Timberwolves and the Jazz, right? So the Lakers receive D'Angelo Russell. And the funny thing about a lot of these trades now that we're gonna cover, uh Barrio, I know you can agree, is that it's a return of a a return of a lot of players to their former teams, it seems. Hence why the title of this episode might be called homecoming, right? So the Lakers receive D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. The Minnesota Timberwolves receive Mike Conley Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a 2024 second-round pick swap via the Lakers, a 2025 second-round pick via the Jazz, and a 2026 second-round pick via the Jazz. The Utah Jazz received Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 2027 first-round pick via the Lakers. Now, we already know that uh, Russell Westbrook and the Jazz have parted ways so Russell Westbrook, at the time of this recording, is deciding between, allegedly, the um, Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls. That is what is being uh, reported right now. Um, honestly, Bari, the Lakers, how do we like to move for the Lakers? Finally moving on from Westbrook and that unfortunate situation, which we have discussed. Um, I don't know if we've really discussed it on the pod here, but we've actually discussed it in the group chat how... And Sean mentioned it earlier um, while he was here. Russ was a bit of a scapegoat and during his time in L.A. and whatnot. But how do you like this move for the Lakers? Um, it wasn't their only move, but it is just one of the biggest
1: ones. I feel like the roster that they have, LeBron James, A.D., is who I'll start off with, and then the other guys, you need more shooting around them, and you need more combo guards as opposed to traditional, um, I'm not saying Westbrook's traditional. He definitely in the OKC days he was more seen as a combo guard, but you need more guys that that can shoot the ball and don't have to have it in their hand to set people up. And D'Lo can set you up, but D'Lo can also catch and shoot. Like I look at D'Lo as a one, as a two, whatever you need, he'll be that. And I think he he's more seemingly fits with. LeBron, if LeBron's doing his thing, you just toss it out. D'Lo can make the shot as opposed to having Westbrook shoot that shot, which definitely hasn't been good for his tenure. So I like the trade for I like the trade for LA. Um I also like the trade for Minnesota. Um I'm not sure if you've seen the news, but recently, um there's reports that there was friction between Rudy Gilbert and D'Angelo Russell, and that was because of just D'Lo never being able to adapt to Rudy Gobert's play style and, and, and vice versa. Um, And D'Lo was open about that. Reporters were seeing tension between the two. D'Lo was mad about Rudy missing like open layups, not being in the positions that he wants him to be. And Rudy, Rudy just was more used to more traditional point guards, like who they traded for, like a Mike Conley that'll, put the ball exactly where he wants it that'll give him more rhythm so that he can complete his shot like he just they just weren't um they weren't um and this is reported by cbs sports but they weren't uh, a mesh and it seems like in this deal them getting conley back is just way more beneficial for gold and probably more beneficial for cat also when he comes back because you know them both being bigs having a, a high iq point guard like conley um, running that situation is, is something that they want. So, I, I like to trade for LA. I like to trade for Minnesota. Um, and because of what Utah's trying to accomplish, which is, you know, pretty open, I like it for them too. Cause, like I said, they, they waive Westbrook. He's not, he was never going to be a, a playing member there. And he gets to ch- now choose his destination that is more beneficial for his family. And I'm going to use this mm-hmm. to segue into the drama recently because, um, there has been drama surrounding Westbrook, and even in his departure, there was still drama. Um, there was an article written by Dave McMenamin. I'm not sure if I'm saying that name right, but he's an ESPN reporter, I believe. And the 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 headline from that article was, "As one source told me, you remove a vampire from the locker room, and you had Westbrook's face right above it. And this quote." pissed off nina westbrook west um, russell's wife but well, she went under um the, the the title on nba on espn on their instagram account and nina said this is just sick espn russell is no vampire this is also slander because anyone who knows anything anyone who knows anything knows that this couldn't be further from the truth on a personal note i have school age children who have to listen to their peers repeat the nasty things that you guys say on television about their father. I guess I would prepare myself to explain to my five-year-old that his dad is not actually a vampire and that major news outlets only say things like that to get attention. Um, so it, it, it's been pretty obvious that it, it hasn't been the easiest time for the Westbrooks while he's been playing in L.A., which is kind of sad because he's from there. Um, He went to UCLA, right? And mm-hmm. I think his wife was there too. I believe she was um a basketball player also. So like they're locals and they're they it seems like they don't enjoy their time in their respective communities. But to be fair, this is what ESPN has done for ages. They they do it to whoever they want to do it to. I don't think this is just exclusively a Westbrook thing. I just think he's an easy target. So um I just wanted to know your thoughts on just the media and how they've dealt with Westbrook and even how they've dealt with him in his exit. Do you think she has a point or do you think she's just being a little bit extra sensitive as a mother and a husband? I'm sorry, as a mother and a wife.
0: I mean, look, she's going to stand by her man as she should, but let's not pretend as if the media hasn't uh, come at Russ, his majority of his career. I mean, he's always been known as it's, you know, unplayable, uncoachable, uh, The reason for the KD split in OKC, you know, the reason why it didn't work out in Houston. Uh, We conveniently like to leave out the the moderate success in Washington. They did make the playoffs because of him. Uh, And then in L.A., like, mind you, again, I love Russell Westbrook as a player. He plays hard, He plays with energy. His basketball IQ leaves much to be desired, right? And we mm-hmm. saw that on display oftentimes in LA. But at the same time, it has never been so highlighted when it comes to other players as it does when it comes to Russ. You know, it, it, made, it came to the point where fans, media, genuinely blamed Russell Westbrook for any and all losses that the Lakers suffered. Not because AD's fragile self is, is not playing like you guys thought he would. Not because the rest of the roster, it was ill-equipped to, to sustain and to support the stars that you had. No, it was really just because of Russ. Um, And when Russ did good things, you know, it was conveniently forgotten. It was conveniently excused. It was conveniently brushed under the rug. It was still, you know, Russ is is a cancer, yada yada yada. So look, she has a leg to stand on. She has every right to feel the way that she does. Um, and we as fans, let's not pretend that the media doesn't like. This is the media we're talking about. <laughs> We've seen what they've done with LeBron James his entire career. We've seen what they've done with Kyrie. We've seen what they've done with Russ. Like, this is this is just how the media is, unfortunately, especially when you come to these big market teams like la like new york city um so it's it's unfortunate but for the lakers at least the, that marriage is finally over um now their success cannot can no longer be tied to westbrook or their lack of success
1: so we'll see how the lakers continue to move forward um it's interesting though because he was um he was one of the lead, leading six-man-of-the-year candidates despite the season that he's having. He's mm-hmm. averaging a triple-double off the bench, and the only knock, I guess, would be the turnovers and the shooting percentages, but he was still a leading candidate. But that's if, Russ, you know? That's, that's what we expect from Russ. That's, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I'm, I want to know, like, does he go to a new situation where he resumes a six-man role, or does he try to start again? To be honest,
0: I guess that really comes down to the team he goes to. If he if it truly is between the Bulls and the Heat, if he goes to the Bulls then I fully expect that he gets starter minutes. Right. You know, you don't the Bulls you don't acquire him just to have him come off the bench, especially given their Lonzo situation. They need a point guard. Now, is it enough to make them uh jump into the playoffs? I have no idea. I don't know what the Bulls think that they're going to accomplish if they acquire Russell Westbrook. Now, when it comes to the Heat, That's where things get interesting because with the heat, he can also have that six-man role and it could still work for them. Mind you, they do have Tyler who I believe is getting starter minutes or he's still getting six-man minutes. Is he
3: still coming off the bench?
1: The last time I saw he was starting, Um, I think they just start him on a need basis. Like, okay. Because Lowry's been in and out. He's been injured. Like it's been a lot going on with him. So he yeah. he starts depending on what's going on. So with Lowry,
0: you know, also being injured, I guess you he there's two ways you could play with him in uh Miami. You can have him come off the bench, although again you have to balance that with the situation with Lowry. You have Tylero, you have Westbrook who comes off the bench, who starts, whatnot but it can work either way but at least in Miami there's more of an opportunity to contend and for uh, well I don't know about finals but at least to make waves in the playoffs so right. it really
1: comes down to what is Russ
0: looking for at this point in his career you know I think I
1: think, I think it's in his best interest um the two teams that he has are Eastern Conference teams mm-hmm. I think he should come back to the Eastern Conference like you said his mm-hmm. last um good year or yeah his last good year was probably with the wizards um when
0: he, no one was really ridiculing him, stuff because, ridiculing
1: like, him. yeah it wasn't much to say and even if there was things to say people don't watch the wizards oh, yeah <laughs> and, and he was in the east so there's a lot of things like you see the west is getting more and more stacked i i do think yeah. it's in his best interest forget about the clippers thing come east um, you can play for the heat, you can play for the wizards um, and they have
0: a good team. They yeah. have a function of a, a competent team, a competent coach. So,
1: and um, if you're, if you decide to play for Miami or Chicago it's a good chance. You, you're going to get some playoff minutes. Um, Chicago yeah. is currently a playoff team and I'm not sure what Miami seed is right now, but you never count them out until the end anyway. So,
3: yeah.
1: Um, I I do think it's in his best interest, and not just his best interest, but his family's best interest to leave LA, um, to leave California in general. Miami
0: is currently the sixth seed, so yeah,
1: right. So and they're not gonna get any worse, I don't think. So well, you know I well, mean? with the Nets are currently
0: fifth, so that means they can go up to five because we expect the Nets to the Nets to make, make a little drop.
1: drop. Yeah. yeah, so. You know, it it, it it I do think Westbrook should leave. Um well he's definitely a free agent right now, but he should be considering the teams that we were talking about that's been linked to him, which is Miami and Chicago. So um I do wish that things went better for him. One mm. of my favorite Westbrook games in his career is a game at the Staples Center, but it wasn't for the Lakers, it was against them. Um mm. shortly after Nipsey passed away. Um, Westbrook gave us a twenty 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 game. Yeah, he did. And I don't think, have I seen one before? I don't know if I've ever seen that before or after. So, mm-hmm. um, he it just wasn't meant for him to be a Laker. And if he was to, supposed to be a Laker, it definitely shouldn't have been in the era where LeBron was also a Laker. So, all the best to him, to Nina Westbrook, and to his family. Yeah, honestly. Uh, the
0: Lakers would also make move, uh, to quickly just
1: gloss over this one, they shipped off
0: Patrick Beverly, which you know I I only mentioned this trade because it was hilarious to me. After the Lakers acquired D-Lo, one of the first things I saw on Twitter was Patrick Beverly post a picture saying, you know, reunited because they played together in many, and then he gets shipped off to then he gets uh, shipped off,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> they shipped off to end up with the Orlando Magic. Um, it's the same trade that the Clippers would receive Bo- Bones Highland with in. But the Lakers also got Mo Bamba from the uh, Magic while getting rid of Thomas Bryant and sending him to Denver. Uh, so now they get a a serviceable big man because let's be real, AD is off injured. Good stuff, and I do believe that Mo Bamba can be uh, very can definitely function well enough to play with this team when given enough minutes. I mean, in my in Orlando. It was just too many it was too comp too much competition. You know, you have Bobo, Bo, you have Banchero, you have it, it's just too many mouths to feed over there. Too many young cats. So unfortunate for Mobamba, right? Um not too much. We already spoke on those
1: I think I think the Mo Bamba situation, um, it's that trade is good for the Lakers because
3: mm-hmm.
1: Bamba, like you said, he just fell behind too many bigs in Orlando. Mm-hmm. and you know he was phased out and with the lakers um they you know obviously they gave up um thomas bryant in a trade to denver and ad doesn't want to play so the soul big he doesn't want to be the five so you get you get your five back in in bomba where he can actually get some starting minutes and mm-hmm. and play for a club that's trying to do something with patrick beverly going to orlando i have no idea what the how that's going to be what their At plan is all. for him. Um the interesting thing is I just saw a Patrick Beverly story where he was on a podcast telling a story about a uh, interaction he had with Mo Bamba and how he was talking trash to him. I don't know if he said he hit him or something, but he's like talking trash to him then Bomba gets out the car and then he went from looking down on him to looking up t- to him. So it's funny that I just saw this story and then they were traded for each other. Um but yeah I have no idea what the magic's plan is for beverly they have a a lot of young guys maybe they want him to help with their growth with giving them guys some grit because the magic have 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 had moments this year where they've been dropping off um some some real good teams they they're just Mm. they just are especially against certain teams they just have their number so they, they have potential um and i don't know it just seems like it seems like the Lakers and the Lakers GM was pressured into making this a better ball club, especially with the spotlight on them with everyone looking at the Lakers, even if you're not a Laker fan because of LeBron being there because of of it because of it being like the year he's breaking the record, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. Like it just wasn't um, smart basketball being played and these guys want to win like, when, when when LeBron passed that record, everybody was focused on AD and he wasn't happy. And he just recently came out and said, I wasn't happy because we weren't winning the game. So, you know, they they want to win. Like, they don't want to be losing to OKC and teams that are openly tanking and shit like that.
0: Um, and then another uh, move, which is just as big because it, it has, um, on a previous episode, Sean and I talked about the 2020 draft class, correct? So the Pistons, Detroit Pistons received Wiseman from the Golden State Warriors who reacquired Gary Payton II, a.k.a. a homecoming. So the Pistons received James Wiseman, Warriors received Gary Payton III, as well as three conditional future second-round picks from Atlanta. The Hawks received Sadiq Bey from from Detroit. And the Trailblazers received Kevin Knox and five future second-round picks. Bari, this, you know, one of the topics that came out of the 2020 draft was should the Warriors have gone for Lamelo Because Lamelo went third to the Hornets, while the Warriors, who had the second pick, decided to go with James Wiseman. Now, hindsight is, of course, 2020, but James Wiseman in tenure, his tenure in go-to-state can go as... DNP,
3: DNP, DNP,
0: <laughs> moments, DNP, moments, we don't know what we have, this isn't looking good, he had, he dealt with injuries, oh no, and then they bring back Gary Payton who they let go, Who to? he, he went and got a bag, you know, he went and get himself, got himself paid, he was part of that championship squad unfortunately against my Celtics. But now he's back into an environment that he loves, an environment that can definitely use him, given that Steph Curry is unfortunately injured once again and will be out for uh, the foreseeable future, especially definitely expected after the All-Star break. How did you feel
1: about this move, Barry? Um, People are clowning Golden State for a multitude of reasons. You know, James Wiseman was a, a prized, like, high pick. And he ended up being traded for was it four second round picks or whatever?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and people are saying they could have taken the mellow ball, mm-hmm. this and that. My thing is Golden State realized and cut ties quickly. They probably see James Wiseman as a player whose value was depreciating, especially Rapid. while he was, like, while he was with them. Like I guess they maybe they would have hoped that he could have kept his value up while he was in the G League or something, but it just wasn't working out um, the way they wanted it to work out. So they just, they had the opportunity to get rid of him. It wasn't for nothing. Yeah, it wasn't the pick that they took him with, but it wasn't for nothing. They got picks back. And it's underrated that they get back a player that was already in their system, like Gary Payton III. Um Look, he got his payday after the championship. Golden stack Sorry, Golden State financially wasn't in a position where they wanted to pay him and keep him. They were thinking about other people, other other players that they needed to prioritize on. And yeah, he won his championship and decided to get a payday. To get him back, because I look at this guy as a player that he's pretty much like a, he's a utility defender that you can use in a lot of different scenarios at times he's a lockdown defender a lot of athleticism um he has a lot of hops and while he may not be the best shooter he was shooting good in that system so i think it's definitely a fit for them i'm not sure why they let why portland let, it was portland he came from right oh who um gary payne uh, out there. Yeah, yes, yes yes yeah I don't, I'm, I'm not sure why did why do you let him go Um, to eventually just be replaced by Kevin Knox, yeah. To and and they got rid of Josh Hart too. So they got rid of energy guys, the smaller energy guys, and it's like Portland wants a new look. Um, they got back Knox. They got back um in the other deal. They got back the kid from the Knicks that wasn't getting much burn. Um, this is skipping my mind right now. I think Reddish, Cam Reddish. So I think they just want a different look around Portland. And I don't see it as a bad thing for Golden State. Like you gotta cut ties at some point. They don't see him as part of their future. We still have a couple more years of curry of clay. We they re-signed Poole, so Poole's under contract. The only player that's a question mark right now is Draymond Green. So it allows Golden State to focus in on what they want to do and leave the expendables to be expendable. So I have no issues with the trade. Um, With Portland, it's a question mark, but Portland's been a question mark in general. So
0: So, uh, breaking news, this is uh, what's currently being out. According, and this is, of course, we take all this stuff with a grain of salt, right? According to Ramona Shelburne and Windhorse, Brian Windhorse, KD actually requested the trade to Phoenix after the Kyrie trade happened. So, you
1: know, we'll take that whatever as as Yeah, that that was being reported, I think, since yesterday yeah. that he went to Sean Marks specifically and said he wanted to go to Phoenix. Yeah. Um the Nets wanted him to stay the course and to see what they could do. But um they said him and his business partner had a meeting less than twenty four hours after they traded Kyrie and Durant was repeating the words he said on the eve of free agency last June, which was, again, Durant told Marks he wanted to be traded. Only this time, Durant specifically asked to be traded to the Suns. The group mm-hmm. then FaceTimed Nets owner Joe Tsai, who was at his home in San Diego, with the decision. It was not fiery. It was a request, not a demand like Irvin had made of the Nets the previous Friday. More importantly, in stark contrast to Durant's public trade request last June and Irvin's maneuver, this was to stay a private appeal. Durant didn't want a bidding war and days of being the target of intense speculation and an online obsession, which led to the deal that we um, discussed not too long ago. So, which makes sense because I sure, of course that's exactly what sure. happened. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most people should know that we didn't just trade KD. Um yeah. especially after reports saying that we wanted to him to stay. Of course, it was pretty obvious that that he wanted out and. I think we tried to get him help, and we didn't have much days to work with in the first place. So mm. it was, all right, we can't get it. We got to let him go. Um, yeah. And yeah, Josiah is happy with it, so whatever, <laughs> you know.
0: So another trade involving a team that we mentioned before, because I don't want it to just leave us off with the idea that, hey, so basically the Trailblazers, all they did was move uh Gary Payton the second, for Kevin Knox. They also participated in a four-team trade with the 76ers, the Hornets, and the Knicks, as uh, Barry had uh, mentioned earlier. The 76ers received Jalen McDaniels from the Hornets, a 2024 second-round pick from Charlotte, a 2029 second-round pick from Portland. The Hornets receive I don't even know how to say this man's name, but his SVI from the Knicks, 2023- Sweetman, well, a shooter, a shooter. Go ahead, shooter. Uh, a 2023 second round pick from Philly, 2027 second round pick from Portland. The Trailblazers received Cam Reddish, who was often talked about in regards to the Knicks because players were wondering, Is he gonna get his time? Is he not? What was the whole point? Matisse Thiebel from the 76ers is being shipped over to Portland. Ryan Arsidia I'm so sorry, Arsidia Sono, I'm so sorry, I apologize, but Ryan, you got tri- shipped to Portland, a 2023 first-round pick from New York Knicks, and the Knicks received Josh Hart. For So, when it comes to this, we look at the 76ers and what they did. They acquired Jalen McDaniels, who has been uh, oh, having a nice, relatively nice season, you know, nice young, young talent. Um, he's a forward slash center, averaging 10 points per game, four rebounds, two assists, you know, uh, very serviceable. It's his third year in the league. Nothing too crazy. Only a young cat, 25, 25 uh, years old. How do we like this move for the 76ers? How do we like this move? We don't really care about the Hornets. The Trailblazers, because they're now adding younger talent
1: around Dame.
0: And then for the Knicks. Getting Josh Hart, who reunites
1: with his Villanova teammate Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, yep. So I like this move for the Knicks. Um, I like Josh Hart. He's a character. He plays hard. He's funny. He rebounds. He rebounds really well for um a guard. He's six away. five. Yeah, he rebounds averaging really well eight, for eight his rebounds
0: per, uh, per game right now.
1: Yeah, he. I mean, he's just a gritty. He plays well. I think he has the the pre existing chemistry with Brunson. The Knicks coach is still Tom Thibodeau, so you want players that are effort players that um you know give it their all every possession and that can still hit a three. And Josh Hart fills all of those boxes. So um I just I just like the fact that they went out and got not just a player that they needed, but a player that um their point guard has chemistry with. So I like it for the Knicks. For Portland, I like I mean, to take a chance on Cam is a no-brainer. This is a lottery pick. This is a highly touted player in his in the Duke system. Um, Back in the Zion RJ days, it didn't work out with RJ, playing with RJ and, and Randall and them. But Portland could be a different situation for him. He has high upside, a high ceiling. I'm not saying he's going to be what folks expected him to be coming out of the draft, but it's just a change of scenery. He got way too much... DMPs in New York, um, as my Nick friend Rob would say, so he didn't get much time, much um, growing room to 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 improve himself and to 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 show people what he has. So I like the trade for both the Knicks and the Trailblazers, and then the Blazers, you know, having given up Hart, having given up um Gary Payton a third it'd be nice to get back a lockdown defender and they get a perimeter lock in Matisse Teibel from Philly, who was the best defender in Philly. In my opinion, he just mm-hmm. didn't get that much burn because he's offensively inept at sometimes at times. Um, But, you know, sometimes that can be fixed with a change of scenery. If he can hit a shot and they can get him a little plays here and there, like, like Bruce Brown had in, Brooklyn and now Denver, Ty Bull can definitely crack a rotation because this defense is 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 crazy. This um, defense is why he's in the lead. So it's he he's the replacement for the guys that they traded out. Um, it'd be nice to see him get more playing time in Portland. He he didn't really get much burn in Philly. Doc tried it last year. Year I think the year before was a little bit better, but as his tenure in Philly has gone on, he's just gotten less and less time. So. Um. this is a, a a beneficial trade for most teams involved. I don't really have much opinions on Charlotte, but for the other two teams involved, it's definitely beneficial trades. And sometimes, like I said, it's just a change of scenery is all you need, really.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. So we'll see what happens. Another notable trade that we want to discuss is... Oh, that was actually it. Really? Those are the the big trades of the night.
1: I mean, there's definitely a few that we're going to miss or whatever. Yeah. but Like, I mean, you know, we tried the Celtics best.
0: made a trade. You know, they got uh, Mike Muscala. For me, we need piece, So, yeah, that's cool. Um, We had mentioned the Eric Gordon trade uh, earlier when Sean was talking about the Clippers. The Clippers who receive Eric Gordon. John Wall is back in Houston. Luke Kennard is now in I think John
1: Wall got, got bought out, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, he did. He did get voted out because we already know that wasn't going to happen again. Round two was not meant to be. Um, I forgot Danny Green was even still in the league. He was also sent to Houston. I'm pretty sure
1: they did something with that. Yeah, Danny Green was sent there.
0: Pelicans got Josh Richardson and they sent Devontae Graham over to San Antonio.
1: That was something. I, it felt like the Pelicans... I think Josh Richardson's a good player and... Being they in gave the up four second-round picks for him. Yeah, I was about to say, being in the San Antonio system can be deceiving, so maybe folk didn't really pay attention to him. I would have pushed it to be maybe two or three seconds, but hopefully he he pans out for New Orleans because they've had injuries all year and they need yeah. to step up and help, yeah. um, to help CJ because Ingram and Zion has just been in and out of lineups all year
0: honestly and yet
1: somehow the pelicans are still managing to
0: win games and the pelicans are currently oh no they've dropped they are now a seventh seed in the in the west but yeah. uh they were they were up there when healthy you know how dangerous they can be they were a top three team when they at least had one of the two big names between bi and zion healthy so yeah that was a nice uh well i don't know nice it might have been overpriced but hey it works out In regards to San Antonio, look, we don't know what's going on in San Antonio. Um, It's clearly a tank year, uh, unfortunately.
1: OKC and the Suns had a late trade yesterday where they pretty much traded. Yeah, Baisley and Saric. Um, I know I mentioned uh, in the Brooklyn Nets situation, the Crowder that we flipped Crowder to Milwaukee for mm-hmm. five second round picks i don't know if i said four but it was five second round picks. and um on that and milwaukee's definitely looking for crowder to be their last piece for them to to go back into contention um that's all they were looking for was an experienced wing three and d someone that can help Giannis on defense um help Giannis and middleton on defense with the wings and that's why they went after crowder it was five second round picks, but because that
0: ended up being a fourteen trade, three of them went to the Pacers. You guys keep two. Oh, we kept because two. We uh, got yeah. yeah because but you do have four first round picks from Phoenix, including they paid the Pacers to take Ibaka. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they just took on Hill, Ibaka, and Nawara. Um, yeah. but I mean, y'all still got a, a four first round picks from Phoenix plus a first round pick swap, so five first round picks. Um, and then two second-round picks, you know, that's that's still <laughs> – y'all y'all have restocked for y'all future. Um, we'll see where they land, especially since, like you mentioned, they can be used for trade value. All in all, the Nets
1: – all in all, and between Phoenix and Milwaukee, we received seven picks. Yeah. Um, and one player I forgot to mention is called Juan Pablo Vallette. I don't know. I'm just not yeah. reading this. Don't know right. who he is, but... <laughs> But yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, Sean. Sean went over the the Hornets yeah. Clippers trade with Mason Plumlee, and um, and Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson is bought out. He's currently a yeah. uh, free agent. He's def- yeah, he's a free agent, and he has. It's been reports that he's interested in being the backup for Phoenix. So there's that. Um, yeah, we I think we did a good job at covering most of what we need to cover. Grizzlies got more shooting. Uh you may, if Kinnard. you didn't yep with Luke Kennard if you didn't hear us earlier. Um so then if in that
0: case, um as we since we're gonna head out uh, rather quickly, who is your biggest winner? Who is your biggest loser from the trade deadline?
1: Biggest winner for the trade deadline. Um so so I'm gonna preference this by saying with the aspirations of winning a championship. The biggest winners of the trade deadline is the phoenix suns mm-hmm. um to me the suns were reeling they weren't having a good year to uh to start the year as comparison to the, the you know the last two years it didn't seem like they were as imposing and they definitely had more injury problems this year than before with devin booker um eight and missing time i think cps missed a little bit of time to get back a piece like Kevin Durant without giving up Aiton or Booker, is something special to me. Um, like you're adding to your starting lineup, and and it's a positive. Like yeah, long term, you're not gonna have KD for that long, but you're not gonna have CP for that long either. So, it ain't it ain't about a long time. It's about right now, especially for for the Suns when they want to win, and they improve their starting lineup. Um. Maybe their bench got a little thinner, but TJ Warren's no scrub, and he's going back into that system. So I think he definitely can pro- provide some minutes for them. Um, I think, yeah, just based off of their goals, I think the Suns are the biggest winner. As far as the biggest loser and still keeping the same trend all going, as far as winning a championship, I'd have to say it was the Brooklyn Nets. Um we failed to win a championship in in the window that we had with Kyrie and KD. I know this isn't directly related to the deadline, but in the deadline we lost pretty much the pieces that most saw us necessary you know as needing to have to to win a championship. Um I can't call us the biggest loser of the deadline, but yeah. I have to acknowledge that we were trying to win the championship and failed. So in mm-hmm. that respect we're the biggest loser, but as far as like trading um, I think Sean Marks did a good job of getting us pieces back and getting us picks back. So I don't feel like the biggest loser. But yesterday, two days ago, if you ask me, I'd say it was us.
0: Yeah. So, uh, for me, biggest winner, uh, in terms of just being able to to make moves, was the Suns. I do agree. Um, look mainly because while again. Y'all know me. I I, I think the Suns are corny. I'm not the biggest fan of them. Um, but I did have them still making the playoffs. And then they started to drop, and it looked like they weren't about to make any playoffs. Mm-hmm. But now they acquired KD, who went healthy. We were able to see what he was doing in Brooklyn. Let's not forget that we have talked on this episode about how efficient he has been shooting close to over 55%. And still on less shots than anybody else in the top 20. And still putting up almost
1: 30 points. Before his injury, no one could tell me Katie wasn't a top four MVP candidate. Oh, I mean, hopefully he was. I don't know if people had him there. But the
0: the way he was playing, efficient scoring, he was doing what he needed to do. And we were a top three seed. So, yeah. Yes. So adding that to a Suns roster who badly needs the help, apparently, uh, with a we are uh, look, you can say what you want to say about Devin Booker, but Devin Booker is still uh, a talented scorer. Aiden can still get buckets. Chris Paul, well, Chris Paul is Chris Paul at the end of the day. So kudos to them. Um, in terms of biggest loser, and I say I preface this to say, I don't think like biggest loser is like, yo, y'all dumb, y'all ruin your chances. For me, it was more so like, hmm. I I understand why but the hall didn't equate and that has to do with the Denver Nuggets moving Bones Highland. Um when he was playing for them, he was given good, good minutes. Minute. That's yeah. Minute. He was doing he was balling, you know, he was given good minutes offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. I understand that they have too many mouths to feed, but given that Jamal Murray has been um is still coming back from injury, he hasn't played in his last 3 games uh just because of injury management. I don't understand getting rid of a potential uh a guard who can give him time to rest. Um and in addition you do it uh, your move brings you back Thomas Bryant who we saw when he you know Thomas Bryant is a player when he gets minutes he can produce but like that's 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 the that's the big move. Again, especially since when it comes to Bones Highland yeah <laughs> You didn't really, <laughs> like, hello? <laughs> so you could have gotten something a bit better at this point. You could have got a better hold. But, you know, it, to me, it's a bit of a head-scratcher. Again, it's by no means like, oh, Denver, y'all terrible, y'all trash, y'all fumbled it. It's just like, huh, I I, I don't know about that move. Um, So I'll give him no, my loser of the
1: trade deadline. Uh-huh. Um, Before we go... Mm-hmm. I'd like to just say um, I gave Phoenix their props. Mm -hmm. I think they have great ability to make it to the finals and potentially win. So I have to speak on the destination of the other star we lost, which I did Mm -hmm. a little bit. But as far as like going into the playoffs and if if I'm wrong, I'll stand corrected. But I do not have much faith in the Dallas Mavericks um, going far into the playoffs. I think Kyrie and Luke are, are uh, offensively crazy tandem that if they work can be just ridiculous. Um, But I think they have issues with depth. I don't think they... um, I don't think that they... I just don't think that they're good. Like, I don't think they're deep. Sorry, I shouldn't say good. I don't think they're deep. They try to move on from JaVale McGee. I don't think they got an opportunity to do so. Um. They're the big that they have aside from McGee's Christian Wood. So if you're looking at Wood, Kyrie, and Luca as a a trio, again they have a lot of potential, but I don't see any of them as a stopper. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrie, when locked in, can definitely stop uh an opposing guard for a couple plays at a time, but just consistently, I don't see any of them as a stopper. And my main issue with the Dallas Mavericks after that trade. Is they lost like I said, they lost depth. Like you lost your best defender in Dorian Finney Smith. Wow. And then you you know, you replaced a twenty point score in Dinwiddie with Kyrie, but you lost your best defender and three and D player in DFS. And um I just I think they'll be picked apart in um in in situations where they're going against intelligent teams. Even against the team we were just talking about, Phoenix. Like can you imagine Phoenix versus Dallas? There's so much options that Phoenix has. Like you, Ooh, yeah. you're looking for Kyrie on switches. You're looking for Luke on switches. Now you got KD. Who the fuck's guarding KD? Like yeah. who? Who? Which Dallas Maverick is guarding KD? I can't think of one. I literally can't. Like you oh, may yeah. have put DFS on him. Now the only the closest person is probably Reggie Bullock. Look, but you got you got Reggie Bullock on KD. Who's on Aiton, McGee, and Christian Wood? Like it's no. I don't see. Then who's on Booker? Would that be Luca or
0: have Kyrie? To be Luka. Luka.
1: it'd have to Hard be Luca on Booker because Kyrie would yeah. be on Chris Paul.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's just a lot of
1: it just it doesn't add up. So I don't see this season, um, not regular season. I don't see the playoffs going well for Dallas. And... As it stands
0: right now, if nothing was to change, it would be Dallas versus uh the Clippers.
1: Right. Well, I'm I'm not even talking about the first round, but even against yeah. the Clippers, like Lucas had great success against the Clippers, but if these guys get a chance to gel and to play mm-hmm. together more, Kawhi and Paul George, I'm taking the two-way players again. Lucas had great success against them, but I'm taking the two-way players every time. Um, I think you're kind of a stalemate in the coaches. Tyloo's a great coach. Kid has been a great coach, but I'm gonna take the defenders, and I may be wrong for that, but I just don't see. Um, especially Clippers have depth, you know, getting bones, getting all these. Getting Zub, I mean, not getting Zubac, but getting um a backup for Zubac in Plumlee. Like they have a lot of bench pieces that Dallas can't say they have. So, are you going to run Kyrie and 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 Luca down forty something minutes a game? Like it's just not feasible. So, um, my prediction is, I don't know how they get knocked out, but they don't they don't make it anywhere. Dallas doesn't make it anywhere, and when Kyrie comes down to making a decision, before Dallas. It's going to be l a the Lakers, and it's going to be Phoenix. Um, reports have been saying that he's not opposed to teaming up with KD again under different circumstances, and then also he's always wanted to be a Laker, like he's not hiding that. so I think I honestly think Dallas is going to be third in, as far as leverage goes, and they're going to be fighting mm-hmm. an uphill battle to to retain Kyrie, and if they don't retain Kyrie, they traded away two assets and a bunch of picks for what? So, that's that's just my take on that one. I think um the the situation situation's going to be good. I'm not saying they're going to win a ring, but they they have the greatest chances of doing so and I see the opposite for Dallas.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sitting with us through this episode. I know it's been a while. Um welcome back, Brooklyn Barry. Welcome back. Um I hope you, Baby J and the misses are well. I hope you guys are doing well. thriving. It's good to have you back on the Full Court Press podcast. I it, thank you again, Sean. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check out new episodes coming soon. Again, March Madness is around the corner, so expect some college exclusive episodes. And we are about to enter the second half of the NBA season too. All-star weekend is is literally in a week, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh with the second half of the season comes more serious ball being played. Um, more effort, and uh, we're going to see how it goes, especially with all the new faces. Um, not, thanks to this chaotic and busy trade deadline. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you later. Later, y'all.